Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Today, I want to give you a message I've titled Grow Again. Look at somebody and tell them, Grow Again. Grow again. It is time to grow again. Um, I want you to pull out your Bibles with me today, if you would. I'm going to be in two places in Scripture. I'm a little bit unique in the sense that I like the Amplified, but I like the Amplified Classic. If you don't know what that is, it's probably better for you anyway. Um, but I'm going to be in two places in Scripture, 2 Corinthians 7 and 2 Peter 3. 2 Corinthians 7 and 2 Peter 3. Now, at my church, here's what I tell people, because we get a lot of people who are really disobedient. They, they're, they're heathens. They need Jesus. I know not here, but uh, I know all of you are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, tongue-talking Christians. That's great. But for someone in here, I won't look around, but I just sense it in my spirit right here, right now, that there's someone who did not pull out their Bible. Whoever that is, I need you. The person next to that person, just snuggle up real, real close and be like, you can share with me. It's okay. I got you covered. Because we're going to be in the Bible. Why do we want you to be in the Bible as pastors and preachers? Because we want to confirm what the Word of God is saying for you. We don't want the word of God to confirm what we are saying. And so what we need for you to do is we need you to read with us and understand that what we're saying is the word of God. It's not about Pastor Stephen. It's not about Pastor Josh, Pastor Leslie, anybody. No, it's about Jesus. And so his word reigns supreme. So I want you to read it also because I might say something that sparks something from the Holy Spirit. He'll go, go back to that chapter and keep reading a little bit deeper. And he's going to tell you something today. So open your Bible, 2 Corinthians 7 and 2 Peter 3. I'm going to be in the Amplified Classic. You can be in NIV, NKJV, uh, ESV, NLV, NLT, ABCD, whatever you want to be in today. But I, I want to give you this message, grow again. Y'all, um, 2020 was the best year of my life. Um, I'm joking, not at all. Um, <clears throat> but prior to 2020, I had a really hard, hard couple years. In 2018, um, I was going through my normal routine <clears throat> and I went to the gym that morning, or I was going to the gym, headed south on Cooper Street in Arlington. And as I'm pulling into the gym parking lot, uh, this lady who was in a brand new Chevy Silverado, oh, let me clarify, I was in my 2011 Honda Insight. If you don't know what a Honda Insight is, it's a, it's a car for nerds. It's, it's a, a hybrid car, it runs off of gas and electricity. I didn't care about the environment. God bless the environment. I hope it, it lasts as long as we do. Um, I I really just wanted to save money. That's really all it came down to, okay? So anyway, uh, I'm driving my little tiny hybrid and it's a little compact car. I'm pulling into the parking lot where my gym was and this lady is on the phone not paying attention. She's running past the speed limit. She collides into the back of my car. Now, as my car is turning, the problem was as it is turning, her impact took my, the back of my car and spun it around. So it starts to spin. Now, you would think that would be uh, kind of a good thing because the momentum could slowly uh, you know, dissipate and then my body would not be thrown around as much. But the problem was when she hit it, my car ended up stopping abruptly because it hit a tree. So my little Honda Insight, poor little thing, um, it is destroyed. But also the person inside driving is destroyed. And there was a lot 
of injury. Now, I had no broken bones, no organs, no internal bleeding. Praise God for that. That was a miracle all in itself. But my body was jostled, thrown around a ton. I got to the hospital. They did CT scans. They did MRIs. Hey, it doesn't look like anything is wrong, but you're going to feel this in the morning. What they did not know was that I would feel this for the next two years. In fact, it got so bad. People think I'm exaggerating when I tell this story. It, it, this is the honest to God truth is that I would get up to preach every single Sunday doped up. I would preach a message and I would get in the car and 10 minutes later, I could not remember what I had just preached. It was only by the grace of God. It was only the Holy Spirit that I could get the words out anyway. I was on neuroblockers. I was on regular pain medication. I was on uh, muscle relaxants. I was on everything they could think of. I went to see my physician. I went to see my chiropractor. I went to see my essential oils lady. Like I went to everybody, anybody who could stop the pain. I was just ready to get rid of it. I went to my orthopedist. Man, they put me in physical therapy. I was in physical therapy for nearly two full years. I actually stopped just because I was just tired of going. We couldn't afford it anymore. We emptied our savings, paying off our deductible. Uh, we paid for physical therapy, all these drugs, all these things. And then um, in, in near the end of this, we're living in 2020 as if that's not going to aggravate your pain, right? Um, I know 2020 was great for everybody else. Uh, for pastors, it was one of those years where you were like, Lord, did you call me to do this? Because this wasn't what I was promised when I signed up. But uh, Long story short, September 2020, I took a sabbatical, much needed, and my wife and I made a decision. We're going to go get massages. It was time to get massages. If you've never been in a couple's massage, go get a couple's massage, y'all. It is wonderful. It's not romantic, as I'm about to tell you. Um, it, it just feels really, really good to get a good massage. Um, for those of you who right now are thinking, is he ever going to get to the Bible? Don't worry. I will. I promise. In fact, that's a big key part of this whole message. Um, <laughs> But we went to go get couples massages and, and, and we were really excited about this. And so we walk into the spa, it's called a Dyrids. Dy is that right? Dyrids in Arlington. Uh, I'm just trying to give a, a shout out so maybe they'll give me a discount next time. But <laughs> we walk in and I'll never forget. They're like, okay, if you'll just wait right here in this waiting area, your, your masseuses will be with you shortly. I'm like, okay, great, awesome. Well, my wife's masseuse walks in first and um, she is uh, tall and, and really thin. Thin. I mean, she looked like a, a twig. She's real tiny. And, uh, and, and I'm like, okay, cool. Where's my masseuse? And then in comes my masseuse, <laughs> who I have adoringly nicknamed Big Mama. <laughs> because while my wife's masseuse was tall and, and skinny, uh, mine was a little shorter and looked like she was a power lifter. So when you first get a massage, and, and, and you need to understand this, your massage therapist or your masseuse, the first thing they're going to ask you is, do you have any trouble areas? Well, I immediately launched into a diatribe <laughs> of my accident, my pain, the, the, the chemicals I was under. I'm a pastor. I can't preach without, I can't remember what I preached 10 minutes. You know, I'm going through all that. So she says, hey, no problem. I can take care of that. And I'm like, thank you. This is great. So I put my head in the little pillow there. My wife's on the other side of me and they begin the massage. Now the masseuse, she begins very lightly, gently, graciously. She takes her thumbs and she starts working them into my back. How's the pressure? 
it's good. <laughs> She's working real slow, kneading my back like dough, and I'm, I'm into it. I kind of glance up at my wife and she's, I mean, she's almost half asleep. She's so excited about this massage. It's great. Have you ever been in a place and the atmosphere changes, but it's not for the better? Because the next thing I know, I felt something. And all of a sudden I feel this moist, hot breath down by my ear. And I hear my masseuse, my massage therapist, who's been so gracious, she says, I'm going to work on your shoulder now. <laughs> and I didn't know what was going to happen next. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I felt this gust of wind against my bare naked side. She had thrown up her thick thigh onto the table and she is now next to me she takes one of her giant hands and she's a she's an awesome woman let me tell you takes one giant hand grabs the side of my face takes her other giant hand and grabs my opposite shoulder my left shoulder is what had been hurting me my back my neck i had a ton of pain and she starts decapitating me <laughs> She literally takes my head and I swear she's trying to separate it from my body. Now, here is the key. I'm in a couple's massage. My wife is right next to me. She's having the time of her life. I am not. But I'm a man. So I hear my wife's masseuse. Ma'am, how's the pressure? My wife's like, mm, that's so good, thank you. My masseuse, how's the pressure? It's fine. At one point, this is not outside of the lines of reality. At one point, I kid you not, she is stretching me so badly. I just went, ah! And she goes, are you okay? Ah! Now, I am... Um, I guess the, the proper word is I'm a vindictive person by nature. The Holy Ghost has had to work on me. Pray for me, please. But in this massage slash torture session, all I can think is I'm excited because when I get out of here, I, the first person I'm calling is my lawyer and I'm going to own this spa. And the first thing I will do as the owner of this spa is fire this woman. She will never work in this town again. Finally, the 60-minute mark hits. And all of a sudden, she turns nice again. Okay, we're all done. We're going to leave the room. If you want to go ahead and put your clothes back on and get ready to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get ready, all right. For two full years, I saw physical therapists professionally. I saw orthopedists. I saw chiropractors, I saw general physicians, I saw surgeons who were thinking maybe we have to do surgery. I was in pain every single stinking day and night of my life for two full years. Could not move my neck past about here. Pastor Josh with his gentle hands would see me in public and as Pastor Josh does, hey buddy, how you doing? <laughs> I'm like, ah, ah! 
I don't think he ever apologized for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> People at my church, hey, Pastor Steven, how you doing? Big hug. I'm like, <gasps> I got up off that table ready to take that woman's job and maybe her life. And as I'm getting up, the first thing I realize is I can move my head. I can lift my arm. I can rotate my arm. I had no pain. So we're walking out of the spa. My wife goes to pay because we had a gift card because we're that family. (laughs) Y'all thought we were just wealthy. No, we had a gift card. Praise the Lord. We're getting there one day. Anyway, I walked outside and the Holy Spirit downloaded something in my heart. He said, did you catch that? I said, no, no, I didn't. What am I supposed to catch here? He said, I just gave you the message for your life. You have tried every other option and you exhausted every option and you were in pain until someone didn't massage you. Someone stretched you. (laughs) Boy, I hit the ground running and that was it. So everywhere I go, this is what I share. This idea that God is wanting desperately to stretch us. Now, I had to go through the scriptures, of course, because I have to make sure. Again, those of you who are like, where is the Bible in this message? Here we go. Uh, I had to get into the Bible to understand that this is what God was actually trying to do. In Mark chapter 2, for instance, uh, Jesus is, is sitting with Pharisees, and they are very upset with him because his, his disciples are not fasting at, during the season of fasting in Mark chapter 2. And, and, and Jesus is talking about pouring new wine into old wineskins and how if you pour new wine into old wineskins, that the, the wineskins will burst. And so God doesn't pour new wine into old wineskins. He, he pours new wine into new wineskins. And, and essentially, because I don't want to take out of context uh, what Jesus is saying, uh, what he is talking about is how the religious elite people would fast out of habit, not out of closeness to God. And so he said, every time you fast, God does not answer your prayers because you fast out of tradition rather than out of relationship. This is what Jesus is saying. And then he says, but once I leave, there will be a new covenant. He said, right now I stay with these disciples. They don't need to fast. They got me already. There's no need to strive for me. But once I leave, they will fast to feel this closeness with me. They will fast out of relationship with me. But one thing he says is in Mark 2, verse 22, he says, And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine. Somebody say new wine. Into new wineskins. And man, this reality hit me because all my life I had heard about how God was trying to pour new wine into me, new wine into me, new wine into me, fresh fire, fresh wind. We got to all do it again, Jesus, all this. But no one talked to me about how when God pours new wine into me, it will cause a reaction called the stretch. No one told me about that. They just told me I could Randa, Shanda, tie my bow tie, coming in a Honda, leave it in a Toyota. But they did not tell me that when he poured new wine into me, there would be a stretch. Yeah. 
So I started studying historically, what is Jesus talking about here? Why do we pour new wine into new wineskins? Well, the reason is because wine today is fermented differently than it was in ancient times. In ancient times, I won't show a picture here, but I had one for my church because we have a lot of Filipinos in our church and they love roasted pig. But back in the old days, they would take giant hogs. They would chop off the head and chop off the tail and they would tie the the ends uh, together excuse me, not together, but they'd tie them separately, they'd shut them off. They would pour new wine into literally animal skins and the fermenting of the alcohol. And it's not just ethyl alcohol that happens. There are uh, uh, what's, electrolytes that are formed when, when wine is, is, is starting to ferment. Uh, the chemical reaction would cause this gas to fill up the wine skin. And if the inner lining was not renewed first, what would happen is it would begin to stretch and rip old wine skins. So whenever you poured a new fresh wine, you had to pour it into new wine skins that had been renewed so that those chemical reactions would not stretch the animal skin to the point of breaking. Otherwise, you would lose thousands of dollars of really good wine. Don't drink wine, by the way. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> a caveat for all y'all. Anyway, so, uh, so I had this idea of, of like, what does the stretch look like? Can you, can you bring me my, my toy? Is he in there? Oh, he's quiet today. Come here. Hey, can I use y'all for a second? Can you come help us? Yeah, come here. Come on up here. Us, like as a, a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then me. Um, yeah, can you do me a favor? Can you take one? Here, come over here on this side of me. Can you take one arm? You ever played with Stretch Armstrong before? Oh, good. That's good. Okay, so y'all know what to do. Go ahead. Show them what to do. Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to take these right here. Just kind of pull them back this way. Do y'all remember Stretch Armstrong? This was a good one. Okay, so here's what I need you two to do. I'm going to release the legs here. I need you to go ahead and tie up uh, Stretch Armstrong as much as you possibly can. So I know he's stretched. So come back together. I want you to stretch his arms. I want you to tie him up. I, I want you to, as much as you possibly can, make him look like he is just a gymnast slash acrobat. Uh, yeah, real. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's really good. Can you wrap it around his head? Is it, is it that stretchable? Look at that. Oh my gosh. That's a good one. You're going to town like you've done this before. Are you okay? You need to talk about something after this anyway? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. That, that is really good. Okay. I'm going to take him from you. Thank you so much. That is perfect. Okay. Y'all can have a seat. Y'all give him the hand. This is great. Anybody ever felt like that? Some of y'all are like on the drive here. You ever felt like this? You know what I realized? I realize a lot of people who don't understand when God pours new wine into new wineskins, it's to stretch us, is they will say that God did this to them as the stretch. You know what this is? This is called the sinful stretch. This is called the selfish stretch. This is called the I know what I'm doing stretch. This is not how God stretches. God does not stretch so that we can't get out of the stretch and we break ourselves. So let me show you what the stretch actually looks like. When how God, you stay there, stop, you just hush. This is how God does the stretch. You know why God does it this way? Because he's trying to breathe his breath into you. And he doesn't stretch past the point of breaking because he knows your breaking point. So when he knows that you've been stretched enough, he pauses. And then he says this, now let's go through a renewal phase. And let's renew the skin so I can stretch you again. 
That was the anointed breath of God going into the audience there. <laughs> you take that. Thank you, baby. I appreciate it. Now, I could stop there with my message, but I want to take you a little bit further, if that's okay. Um, when people ask me what pastors do, uh, when I was younger, as Pastor Josh said, I used to be much younger. Um, I used to get really offended by that question because I really didn't know how to explain what we do. Because when you first start a church by yourself as the pastor and with your wife and with a couple other people, you do everything. You are the CEO, the chief everything officer, and you are happy to do it. Why? Because God called you to do this. And you know that there are going to be people who are impacted by your ministry. So you do whatever you have to do. But people used to ask me, Stephen, what does a pastor do all day? Do you just pray all day? And I'm like, if we just prayed all day, nothing would get done because your lazy self don't show up when we ask you to. to start. Anyway, okay, so, um, so I used to go into this long explanation of all the different things that I did as a pastor. Now, God has given me, he's given me this release and this permission to simply say this. What do you do as a pastor? And here's what I say. I teach people how to grow spiritually. I teach people how to grow spiritually. That's what I do. What does that look like? Glad you asked. Let's go to Colossians chapter one. And this is what, um, you don't have to turn. I don't know if I told you to turn. I don't think I did, but it, it, this is what it says. It says, him we preach and proclaim. This is the best explanation. It's so beautiful. Him we preach and proclaim. This is what pastors do. Warning and admonishing everyone. Oh, and I love this part. And instructing everyone in all wisdom. And here's how the Amplified defines wisdom. Comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. Aren't you so grateful for Pastor Josh when he gets up here and he gives you insight into the ways and purposes of God? Man, that's awesome. That we may present every person mature. You have to understand the reason why we are called to help you grow spiritually is because Jesus wants a mature church. And he says, I want every person mature. And here's what the Amplified says, full grown, fully initiated, complete, and perfect in Christ, the anointed one. In other words, as a pastor, I'm called to help you grow spiritually until when you look in the mirror, you don't see nobody but Jesus. Then in verse 29, this is what I pray constantly because people really don't know what it's like to be a pastor. And Paul says this, for this I labor unto weariness. Oh dear Lord, yes. (laughs) Striving with all the superhuman energy, which he so mightily enkindles and works within me. That is what I pray every day. Lord, superhuman energy to deal with the people you have sent to my church, dear God. Anyway. As a pastor, I'm called to help people grow spiritually. Pastors Josh and Leslie, all the pastors in this house, they are called to help you grow spiritually. And I think that's understandable, but what some people don't understand is how it feels to help people grow spiritually. As a pastor, I have preached messages before and I have thought to myself, did I just say that? I've got a few moments already at overflow where I'm gonna get in the car and go, God, did I just say that? But Paul writes again in 2 Corinthians 7. I know I told you to go there. And this is his reality. One of the reasons why it's so good to read through the New Testament, the writings of Paul, is because Paul's one of the most transparent pastors there ever was. He didn't just talk about the high points. He talked about his low points. He talked about what it felt like to lead people and how annoying y'all are and how crazy y'all are and how yet God still gave him the superhuman energy. Anyway, 2 Corinthians 7. Verse eight says, for even though I did grieve you with my letter, I don't regret it now. Though, check this out, though I did regret it because I see that that letter that I sent you, 
it did pain you, though only for a little while. Yet I am glad now, not because you were pained, but because you were pained into repentance and so turned back to God. For you felt a grief such as God meant you to feel so that in nothing you might suffer loss through us or harm for what we did. Verse 10, and this, man, this is crazy. For godly grief, y'all thought Jesus was all about rainbows and unicorns. For godly grief and the pain that God is permitted to direct produce a repentance that leads and contributes to salvation and deliverance from evil. And it never brings regret, but, everybody say but. Whenever you're reading the scripture, pay attention to them giant hairy butts in the Bible. Because they will show you what God's trying to speak. But, one of you caught that, that's praise God for that. Anyway, but worldly grief, worldly grief, worldly grief. And here's how the Amplified says it. The hopeless sorrow that is characteristic of the pagan world. It's deadly. It's breeding and ending in death. In other words, here's another way to say it. Worldly grief gives birth to more grief. More grief. More grief until people die. The whole purpose of worldly grief is to cause death. It brings life as grief and it leads to death. So here's a glimpse into my world. I'll preach a message. I know God's told me to preach it. I'm a pretty much a, a bold preacher now. Uh, I used to not be, but now I say things that I, again, I think to myself, did I just say that? And, and so I'll preach about some specific sin. I'll, I'll preach about a, a one specific scripture. I'll talk about what Jesus did and I'll take it to that, that line that everybody's comfortable with. And then I'm like, hey, line, <laughs> I let people know, I don't see the line. I don't care about the line. You know why? Because I want you to have some godly grief before you leave my church. I'm just joking. I don't really want that all the time. But what happens is I'll say something and, and you know, I have, I don't know if you have this, I have resting angry face. So when someone preaches to me and I'm really into it, I'm like, Amen. <laughs> but then sometimes add to that. Cause y'all don't know my background. I grew up in a black gospel church at the same time. And so if you ever see me do this, smile when I do it, but I know that means the preacher's preaching good. Okay. I grew up in a different denomination than y'all anyway. So, but I'll say something and, and, and I'll see my church and, and I, I can tell the people who have resting angry face. Cause when I say something really funny, I get this <laughs> and they knew it was funny. So they laughed. But occasionally, because as pastors, we can see body language because we're not just pastors, we're communicators. This is what God has given us the, the gift of communication. So we have to study how to do this. You don't just get up here and just start doing this, by the way. For those of you who are like, I'm called to it. It's not a calling, it's a skill. Communication is a skill. Pastoring is a calling. Ooh, Jesus, somebody need to hear that. Anyway, so, so I'll start seeing people and you can tell their whole body image changes. The body language changes. What's your name, sir? Mike, Mike's been leaned in this entire time, which tells me, man, I must be preaching really, really good. That or he's trying to show me his guns because they are huge right now. 
I think he's trying to intimidate me. I gotta be real honest. I was a little intimidated at first when you rolled in with them shoulders, dear Lord. Anyway, so, but here's what happens. You get guys like Mike who they are, they are just into it. They're into it. And then all of a sudden you say something and you know that it's not good. Boy, they back off real quick. Okay, he didn't back off. Oh, he did. Okay, okay. And you know, you're, and in your heart, because you know people, you love people, and you know people's specific situations as a pastor, man, it's really hard to speak a specific word that you know is going to hurt somebody. I've got in my car and I've been like, God, did I really have to say that? Why did you put that in the notes? Holy Spirit, why would you prompt me to say that? Because you know that 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 young teenage boy who has said, I am a homosexual. I don't care what the Bible says. He is still in our church. He's still getting seed planted in him, but I know he is not happy with me right now. That young lady who's saying, I'm gender neutral and I'm by this and I'm that. I know right now she is in her car going, I'm never going back to that church. That couple who has been struggling with their marriage and it's not because they have so many problems, it's because they are both inherently selfish and they need to learn to love the other person above themselves. I know that they are angry with me right now and it hurts me. I've put on a brave face, I've got thick skin, but I will tell you, there are times where I get home and I go, God, I'm done. I can't keep hurting people like this. Your word is like a two-edged sword. It divides bone and marrow. It pierces to the deepest parts of people's souls. And I don't want to feel that pain because I'm the one who's got to spit it out of them. But then three months goes by, four months goes by, five months go by, six months go by. If I'm going way over, just let me know. I apologize because I don't know what the time is. Oh, is this what, six minutes? I can do that. Got you. Um, (laughs) I just saw that screen. So y'all better click me back to 30. Anyway, no. Uh, (laughs) But you give it a few months. You give it a few months. Man, six months go by. And that same person who I know offended, they'll come up to me after the service. And every pastor dreads hearing this. Pastor, can I talk to you? Sure, Karen, what do you need? Uh, we all know the one. Now, if you're a Karen here, you are saved and sanctified, Karen. In the Greek, it's Karanish, which means holier. Anyway, don't check me on that. That's a lie. They put it back. <laughs> you put 28 and a half. Y'all are crazy. I love y'all. Y'all are good. Um, but there's that person, and I know, I know they've been, they've been offended because they'll keep coming back, and they let me know they're offended by their body language. They let me know they're offended by the way that they avoid me when I'm in the hallways. They, they let me know that they are offended, and they'll come up to me. Can I talk to you, Pastor? I'm like, oh, sure, yes. How are you? What's going on? I need to tell you something. That's the second scariest thing for every pastor. Do you remember six months ago? You preach this message and they'll just run down my message like I remember that. We don't remember our messages, by the way. God is giving us a fresh word for the next season, so we're, it's hard for us to stay in remembrance. Anyway, so they're like, uh, do you remember this? You talked about this, 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 this. And I'm going, Not, I, I'll be honest, I don't exactly remember that, but I mean, it rings a bell, sure. Well, why do you ask? I was so mad at you when I left church that day. So mad at you. Could not believe that you said that. But I want to tell you something. That's the third thing, the pastor. I want to tell you something. 
Not can I, but I want to tell you something. Thank you. Thank you. Because if you hadn't said that, I wouldn't know the truth. And the truth wouldn't have been able to set me free. Thank you. Thank you. What just happened? What happened was they experienced godly pain and godly grief, and they did not like it in the moment. But that godly grief and that godly pain that comes from the word of God, what did it do? It stretched them. And God began to try to pour something new into them. And as he stretched them, they had to come to a point to decide, either I'm going to be broken in this season or I'm going to be renewed in this season. So let me just real quickly, I know I only got five minutes. There are two things you got to remember when it comes to spiritual growth, when it comes to the stretch. When God stretches you, when God spiritually grows you, there are two things you have to know. And I just want to encourage you with these two things. The first thing is very simple. Spiritual growth, I'm too loud, I'm so sorry. Spiritual growth comes with, check this word out, pain. Spiritual growth comes with pain. I grew up in a church that told me the three key things to living the blessed life, the three key things to make sure that you never experience pain is this. Number one, come to church. Number two, serve your pastor well. And number three, never, ever, ever forget to tithe. And if you do those three things, nothing bad will ever happen. If something does happen in your life, it's because you're a sinner. It's because you got hidden sin. It's because you didn't calculate your 10% exactly. Nobody taught you to move the decimal point this way, one. That's how I grew up. And then I got to a point after 20-something years in the same ministry, and God bless them, they taught me a lot of great things. But I got to a point where God was calling me out of that ministry. And guess what happened? All heck, because this ain't my church, broke loose. It broke loose. And I thought God was angry with me. And I thought God was against me. And I thought God just didn't want me to survive. But the truth is, looking back 15, 20 years ago when it happened, I realized something. God was trying to grow me. So he let all the crazy stuff happen. Now, let me clarify something. Again, going back to Stretch Armstrong, those of you who right now are like, "Mm, amen, 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 amen. Spiritual growth comes with pain. That's exactly what I'm experiencing right now. God must be growing me. No, you can either be grown by God or you can be grown by stupidity. So there is no in-between. It's either the Holy Spirit or it's your dumb decisions. I'm okay with saying this because I've been in both positions. I've been dumb, dumb, Stephen, and stretched myself into oblivion. And then I've let the Holy Spirit actually stretch me. When I go to him and I go, Lord, is there any sin in my heart? Is there any unforgiveness in my heart? Is there anything in my heart that's blocking me from your blessing right now? Because I don't understand this. And when I hear nothing, I go, fine, keep stretching. Because I'm ready to grow. Spiritual growth comes with pain. When I was a child, I was a teenager, I went through this season where um, I started experiencing really bad pains, about 13, 14 years old. I was always the short kid, and then one day God blessed me to actually grow again. Um, And I remember I'd wake up in the middle of the night with extreme pain in my legs, especially, and in my joints. I didn't understand what was happening. I kept it from my parents because I thought, I have cancer, I'm dying, this is it. (laughs) So finally, one year, I had to go get my physical, you know, for sports and... um, had to talk to my, my doctor. And after we're done with turn your head and cough, he's like, is there anything you want to talk about? Which by the way, bringing up, is there anything you want to talk about after that moment is very awkward. But I said, doctor, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I am waking up every night in pain. I'm in really bad pain and it hurts. I don't know what to do. 
Um, he said, well, explain it to me. So I started explaining to him. I said, my legs, they're cramping really bad. And it just feels like someone's stretching them. It, it, I don't understand it. My arms, my joints, really, really bad. I don't know. I don't know what it, and he kind of looked at me. He smiled because I was some dumb kid to him, you know, and he just, he says, Stephen, you're just fine. I, I am? <laughs> what, what's going on? He said, you're experiencing growing pains. It's just growing pains. I asked the question that every smart 13 or 14 year old boy asks, how do I make it stop? <laughs> My doctor said something that I'll never forget. He looked at me, he chuckled. <laughs> stop growing. A few of you caught that. Just stop growing. I have walked with people in the past two and a half years and I, I weep sometimes in my private time because I have seen them. When God began to stretch them, they said, whoop, don't want that pain and they walk away from their faith. Your pastor gets up and is like, hey, we're gonna talk about tithing today. Whoop, that's too painful for me. It's not painful. It goes against your nature. Because when you are $50,000 in debt, 10% goes a long way to a brand new MasterCard. When, when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you, I'll get away from tithing because this ain't my church, but when, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you're at the grocery store and you're $50,000 in debt and he goes, hey, pay for that mom's groceries right over there. Mm, that's too painful because if I pay for her groceries, who's going to pay for my groceries? It's too painful. So I'm going to walk away from that, when the word of God, when you're just in your private time and you read the Bible and the Bible goes, hey, this is a sin. Mm, that's too painful for me. Yeah. I started preaching to our church that God was calling us to grow again. And I told them spiritual growth comes with pain. I did not realize it would clear out my church. <laughs> I didn't realize so many people were not ready for that word. I said, it's going to hurt. God's going to grow us. It's going to hurt. You have to be prepared. Please understand me. Spiritual growth comes with pain. And I watched people who, when the pain began, they stopped growing so they could end it. But let me encourage you today to grow again because spiritual growth doesn't just come with pain. Spiritual growth equally and limitlessly comes with grace. That's the good news today. Y'all didn't know where I was going with this. Y'all were like, oh, this guy sucks because he was having a pain all the time. No, 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 no. Let me get to the good part today is that God's stretch in your life does not just come with pain. God's stretch in your life comes with his limitless fulfillment of his promise of grace. You know why you can make it? Because God's got grace for you. You know why you can walk through it? Because God's got grace for you. If you're being stretched, he doesn't just want you to hurt. He wants you to repent and turn back to his grace. When I said grace, everybody had a different definition. Come on, we all got these different definitions. I'm so sorry. I'm too loud for this church. I apologize. No, I'm a dad, so I understand. Because if this was my church, I'd be like, boy, you better shut your face. My daughter's crying right now. I'm a dad. My dad instincts kicked in when I heard these babies cry, so I apologize. Everybody has a different definition of grace. What is grace to you? Let me show you one definition of grace that will help you. 2 Peter 3, verse 18. This is the call of Peter to the church. Grow in grace. And here's what the Amplified defines us as. Undeserved favor 
we've manipulated that title in itself. Undeserved favor does not mean you're always going to be walking in mansions and BMWs. Undeserved favor means the one who deserved no, no punishment of sin took your own punishment upon himself so you could be free from sin. That's undeserved favor. But check out the second definition. He said, spiritual strength. Grow in grace. Grow in undeserved favor and spiritual strength and recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. To him be glory, honor, majesty, and splendor both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So be it. Here's the good news of this message. Spiritual growth doesn't just come with pain. It comes with grace, with spiritual strength for you to walk through every season that God wants to stretch you. And here's my encouragement to you today. The pain will never stop, but neither will his grace. If you want to keep growing, there will always be some pain associated with it. But with every level of pain that you experience from that stretch when God puts his hands on you and he begins to breathe new life into you and he begins to pour new wine into you, his grace will be right there to match the pain. Not to ease the pain and make it easy for you, but to make sure you've got the strength to say, God, if you're stretching me in this season, I want to live out every purpose that you've called me to. So I'm willing to walk through this. Why? So my marriage makes it so my kids are in love not just know about jesus but are raised in the admonition of christ jesus they love jesus i'm gonna do this right now why because god you have called me to be generous on every occasion so that through my generosity people would know you and it's going to hurt overflow i don't know if you've noticed y'all have been growing I was here year one, didn't look like this. I'm pretty sure Nathan was the only one here I remember from all those years ago. You're experiencing this growth. So, so let me speak to some of your situations. That's why you've been experiencing pain because you're in an environment that God is trying to grow. And when you walk into under an anointing that causes people to grow, God has no choice but to say, if you're surrendered to what I'm doing in this house, you're gonna grow too. So you're gonna experience pain. But with this pain, I'm going to give you gross, uh, grace, Ooh, not gross. <laughs> Communication is a skill. 